now you're putting the countdown on? No, no, no. Now we're going live. <laughs> no, I... Oh, okay. Okay. I was Sorry. like, what? I, hit, I forgot to hit a button, and you know, Jamie's slightly grilling me. Hello! Welcome to Total Spot Fest. Jamie Faulkner's over there in his. It looks, it looks like a whole new. You got some curtains up. You moved around the basement, but it looks like you're like a whole new set, basically. You know, very ominous, you know, kind of. Live from New York. <laughs> but Jamie's over there. JJ's right here. Austin's right below us. I mean, Sorry. <laughs> He's not a bottom, though. No. But Welcome to the Spot Fest. Uh, we are coming back at you. We had uh, we went to a little AEW show here in town, Jamie and I did last Love. night. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about. Uh, wars happening again in wrestling. In wrestling. Um, and so much more. But uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. We do appreciate you guys giving us some of your time. Uh, if it's your first time here, hit that like, hit that subscribe button. Uh, be sure to chime in and chat. Uh, we will definitely talk to you in chat. If not, you can hit us on the replay and hit us up in the comments. Jamie, Austin, how are you two doing? I've, se I've, I've seen you like every day this week here, Jamie. So Austin, how are you doing? <laughs> I am, I am doing well. Just got back as we were chatting about before the show started from three days of drinking beer, listening to some really good country music in Monterey, California. Oh, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm recharged, rolled right from that into a phenomenal night of pro wrestling, which we will get into in due course. So, uh, yeah, having a having a pretty solid week so far. It's good, Jamie. How are things, man? Well, um, went on some college visits with... Uh, my second oldest daughter today uh, got some free bowling balls and then got them over to get all fixed up because I am I got conned to get back into bowling by somebody. <laughs> we'll not name them, but they are wearing an FTR shirt. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I got my final tournament of the uh, season already this weekend. And one of my players is down with a concussion. So oh, <laughs> life's great. Mm, and it happens to be one of my catchers, and I'm down to one catcher now from ooh, two. Ooh, well, yeah, playing all, 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 all the pitches. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scrambling to find a, a backup, so right. we'll see. Right, we'll see. Here, yeah. Well, ups and downs. Uh, I've uh, I've had a very interesting few days. Jamie knows I told Austin as well too. Uh, I will just say this: kidney stones suck. Never had it. Never planned to have it. Please don't. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run away from that as fast as we can because yeah we were at uh, we were at Dynamite last night. We're gonna talk all about that in a little bit, but I want to talk to you guys a little bit. Let's let's talk about because of baseball hockey all the things going on turn networks they moved it to tuesday which went right up against nxt again like they originally started you know the wednesday night wars all of a sudden brandished the tuesday night war singular because it's just a one night thing and we mentioned last week about you know tony and uh wwe Shawn Michaels, like, putting out like, all the cards, right? Tony Game was a banger show. You had The Undertaker and Cena and LA Knight and everybody under the sun showing up on NXT and, you know, like, really clamoring to one-up each other. Um, led to a good night of wrestling. 
what are you guys' thoughts about everything that transpired yesterday? And we'll get into a little bit about some of the negatives that uh, precipitated because of that. Um, <clears throat> for me, the fans won last night. Like, in, 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 the, in the grand scheme of things, both sides brought out all the stops. Like, hell, Undertaker, American badass version of Undertaker came out. <laughs> And with with his Kid Rock music a blaring, he was a little um, bit slower getting off that bike than he was 25 years ago. But yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, the only thing I missed about that was we never got to the ah, back bad as like we didn't get to that part. But it's fine, it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. It's a shorter shorter ramp. I mean, it's a little, um, little small arena. <laughs> yeah. No, it was cool. Um, I, I was able to watch NXT today, obviously. Um, and it was a fun show. You know, they, they definitely did bring out all the stops, but at the end of the day, what AEW was able to bring was wrestling and WWE brought WWE. Like, that's the thing. And then like the trolls out there, and we'll get into this, I assume, but the trolls out there, you know, you're either there's so many people that are so one sided oh. or the other. It's like, oh, I'm 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 a super mark. I only like real wrestling and this and that. Like WWE is the worst product of all time. I'm like, no, WWE just has terrible storylines. Uh, because and then also because Vince McMahon's there. That's why I won't watch it. <laughs> but <clears throat> you know. WWE and then you have WWE stands who are like, oh, it, it's not, it's boring. Wrestling is boring. I have to be entertained, you know. And like, AEW sucks. And it's like, it's like their big whole thing. It's like they don't have Roman Reigns. It's like, yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> um, but no, at the end of the day, and and I really want to hear from from you, Austin. Is like the fans won. Like, if you were not satisfied last night in one way, shape, or the other, that's on you, bro. Like, come on. Yeah, there was, no matter what you like in wrestling, both options were on the table, and both options threw everything they could behind putting out the best show possible. For WWE, given their NXT roster, obviously they brought some people in, but they weren't just going to have an episode of Raw or something like that. Uh, it was it was rad. Um, I'm kind of glad it doesn't happen more often uh, because of the internet folks you just mentioned, and I will I will get into that for too long. Um, but it was awesome. Like it was just a turn of events. AEW got bumped for the baseball playoffs. Happened to be on the same night. Both companies went all in, and no matter which company you're a fan of, you got something better than you normally get for it. Uh, which is kind of hard to say for AEW because they've been pretty good for a while. They've mm -hmm. like Dynamite mm -hmm. is regularly great, um, but even then, they stepped it up even more. And like we'll get into the whole show later and all that. Um, I watched half of NXT. I but not like a a linear half. I went to watch it on Hulu earlier. Peace, man. I forget they put like a one-hour abridged version on Hulu. So I watched it and I was like, "Yeah, it didn't seem like the show was that long. Oh, it was only an hour." And then I realized, no, they just cut half of it for the Hulu replay. Um, but I did get to catch it. It was actually the first time I have seen NXT since the Black and Gold era. I never tuned in for Level Up or Two Point Two Point Oh or any of the other things they were doing. Um, 
it seemed very much like another WWE show mm-hmm. with some extra star power, um, some better wrestling than you tend to get on Raw um, and SmackDown. Not always. Uh, they've been a little bit better recently, but you got some just more of the the spottier style of wrestling than you tend to get. Uh, but yeah, if sure, if you like WWE, it was a great show. I don't hate WWE. I usually tune in for the pay-per-views when it's mostly just wrestling. Um, but for me personally, since about the PG era, they've just kind of done what they do. Uh, and it's it's kind of the same. Nothing really ever seems to have stakes. And even on that big show they did, it didn't seem like much of it mattered. It was cool. Um, but yeah, not... Not a lot that seems to mean something. Um, right. So yeah, if you if you liked it, you liked it. But um, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, the trolls and the folks on the internet <laughs> that are taking sides on this war. Uh, I got a little bit of knowledge to drop on. Oh, I love I love Ooh. getting some knowledge, and there's no better place to get knowledge than right here with Austin Reddick's stash of knowledge. Smooth beardy stash make it make it look good and we got big rob jumping in the chat just in time to get some knowledge dropped on him big rob who we had the show last night as well what's up rob so uh we we briefly chat about this before the show um ratings numbers came out today of which i'm only aware of them because i'm on twitter and i saw all the people (sighs) wanting to chime in so I'm going to start this knowledge with a very general statement. If you are tied up in which TV show does better in ratings than the other, and you do not work for either company, or more specifically, you don't work in the corporate office for either company where this information is valuable, you are a dork. And you need to go like, <laughs> just, just stop. Just don't. Turn off Twitter. Turn off your phone. Go do anything else you enjoy. Go touch grass. But that's that's not your team. That's the show you like. You enjoy their entertainment, and it's great. There are enough numbers for both shows that they are going to continue to be on TV for the indefinite future. That's as far as you need to concern yourself with ratings numbers. It's not your business. <laughs> It was still over half a million people watched AEW, almost a million watched NXT. Plenty of people tuned in for two pro wrestling shows on the same night. It's a great thing. Outside of that, shut up, you absolute dork. Whoever you may be that is tweeting about numbers. And it's, it's while we, we clearly prefer AEW, because that's the only show we really talk about, yeah. it was real bad from both sides. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, You've yeah, got dude. the WWE people trying to point out how Tony Khan somehow failed, even though his show ran on a different night and did very well. And you've got people on the AEW side trying to defend, oh, well, they only got this, but but this, but th- just shut up. Just stop. It doesn't matter. Enough people watch both. They're going to keep airing it. Whichever you like, it will continue to be there. So just watch and please <laughs> just shut the hell up, you massive dorks. I mean... The- when you when you really take a look at it, you're talking about two shows that didn't even, neither one of them grossed a million viewers. In TV terms, we're 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 we're, we're cutting hairs here. You know, it's like 
it doesn't like even even back when they were doing this we even went over this a while back when the wars was a thing jamie if you remember back when we started our podcast we went over the numbers every week and the reality was it really didn't matter because to jamie's point if you like WWE's type of product, you're going to watch WWE. If you like kind of more what AEW does, like we generally do here, you know, you're going to watch more AEW. Who cares? <laughs> it, it's the weirdest. Yeah. And a lot of times, like the people with shitty opinions on the internet, it doesn't matter what you happen to be into, be it pro wrestling or comic books or Kardashians or whatever other people like. Uh, but wrestling fans are the only ones I ever see discuss ratings. If I tune yeah. in to a Denver Nuggets game on a Tuesday night and they're they're playing the Mavericks, no one's going to be like, "Ha, huh, the Pacers and Jazz did 100,000 more viewers." <laughs> Who I tuned into the thing I wanted to see and some other folks did and enough people do that they will continue to air them. That's all that matters. And even going back to the original wars, because uh, I saw this being mentioned a lot as well, how, well, Tony Tony started it by going up against NXT. Please understand, Tony Khan does not get free reign to put his wrestling program on any night of the week he wants to. Especially looking at TNT. Tuesdays and Thursdays, TNT airs NBA games throughout six months of the year, mm-hmm. and the best sports talk show inside the NBA at halftime in the post game. It's about the only thing I watch as often as I watch wrestling is inside the NBA <laughs> and basketball. Why he knows that so specifically. That, and that's why I know that. That's why Dynamite is on a Wednesday, because yeah. if it was on Tuesday or Thursday, it would need to be preempted half of the year. That's why it's there. The war, the only part of the war that's like interesting is the fun part. Tony Khan going crazy on Twitter, it was meant to be fun. He's not trying to take down Shawn Michaels and NXT. And the same thing going the other way. They're not trying to run AEW off the air. Anytime you have the upper hand, and as I'm sure y'all have done in various competitions, it didn't mean anything. It's fun to talk a little bit of shit when you're ahead. Jamie's going to point to his belt graphic because he's the reigning Pick'em champion. Uh, Does it really matter no so it can stop there yeah just (laughs) yeah the 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 stuff on twitter has been ridiculous from people that feel they need to defend billion dollar companies like it makes any difference at all that other people prefer a different product so if i may do a little heel turn here you shocker shocker (laughs) heel turn um so in this day and age of opinion is fact. I think that really fuels the fire for these wrestling dorks, as the way you put it, who have to pick a side. Like, they have to pick a side. And I don't understand why everybody has to be like, oh, my opinion's right, you're wrong, you're an idiot. When all, at the end of the day, like, we're all enjoying the same thing just in different ways. Like I know for a fact, if I go to a restaurant with JJ and with Austin, we're not going to order the same thing because we don't necessarily have the same taste. 
But at the end of the day, we're all going to get fed and we're all going to be happy. Hopefully it's decent food, right? So it's just one of those things. Like, I'm so over this. Like, uh, my opinion is fact and you have to take it that way instead of just be able to have a common conversation of, hey, you know what? I don't like NXT. I'm happy for you, though. I'm happy that you enjoy it. You know, you can't do that these days. And like Twitter is like the Viper's nest, uh, if you will, the Viper's den, the, the whatever you want to call it, of this dichotomy of just toxicity. Yeah, it's because nobody in these people's personal life will talk to them about wrestling. And if they happen to go out and just tweet, hey, NXT was super cool tonight. I enjoyed it. Like, one person might drop a like. But if they go and tweet, haha, NXT to 900,000 viewers, Tony Khan sucks. And you gotta love when they, they spell it Tony C-O-N. Um, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Why? Like, that's not clever. You saw someone else on Twitter <laughs> do it. And you're just doing it now. Really not clever. But, if they go, if they go tweet that Tony Khan sucks, AEW can never compete. Then they're going to have the AEW people chime in, and now they've got some interaction. That's what it is. That's the only way people interact with them mm-hmm. is spitting their shitty opinions on the internet. Uh, when it would be a, a much better place if everyone could just tweet out, "AEW was rad tonight," and everyone would be like, "Yes, it was." We can talk about things we liked, right. but let's like not just shit on the things and we the thing don't is, like. Those, there are people yeah. out there that are like that, but they're not the ones who are proliferating their stuff online. And it kills me because you have this such, you have this such minute population that is by far the last, and that's the way it always is. I know, I understand that, right? You know, that is like the the loud and obnoxious part of the population, but they're the ones that make the most noise and get the most visibility. So that's what perceptions become, and. I, I'm passed over it. I am. I'm. I'm just. You know. Enjoy what you enjoy and let it be. Let it be. Please let it be. <laughs> One more time. You're all dorks if you tweet about ratings. Fantastic <laughs> stash of knowledge. I just want to before we head on back. Comic books and Kardashians. Name of your punk band. It's a fantastic band name. <laughs> Actually, would be pretty solid. I mean, <laughs> it's spelled all weird. It's not good. Uh, copyright infringement. All right. <clears throat> so, before we get into our experiences live and Austin's experience watching Dynamite from last night, Jamie is our resident horror movie buff. He's 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 he's. I, I'm saying that he's doing all this stuff in his basement to give himself more ambiance, to give himself the dark, like you know, like spooky vibe going on around him right you know but no our resident horror movie buff and every october we like to entertain him and uh, appease and watch me struggle to discuss horror movies every week so jamie spooky season time what, what are we doing this week well last week i i went to a deep cut that was you know a very not on the the beaten path so i figured to this week we should go on the beaten path because I feel like that's just it's low hanging fruit. People will actually probably be more engaged to watch one of these. So I thought what would be a good one is what is a great sequel of a slasher? So there's like 80 million different slashers with 80 million different sequels. Um, 
So I decided this week, ladies and gentlemen, a Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, is the best Elm Street movie of all time. You can fight me, but you know it's true. I don't know if I've ever actually seen that. Oh I my God, it's the best. I, know I, I, I might have. have. I have seen some of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I do not know which ones. It's basically so. So for you, this is perfect. So it is basically these kids who like become Dungeons and Dragons people going up against you know the bad guy. Like that's what it is. You have a punk rock chick who has long hair that like gets it all into like a giant mohawk, which is quite impressive. Have a kid in a wheelchair who's a wizard. I, I apologize. I'll be right back. You guys keep talking. I have to, I got to do the thing. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah. I do, homie. We'll keep talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. So, like, literally, that's one of the best ones of all time. Like, these people figure out they have powers and they're able to use it against Freddy. Like, come on, man. And they're all in an institution. Oh, dude. And, you like, at the very beginning. You should just go off, like, narrating the movie from start to finish. So when JJ comes back, we're like, a few minutes in, we never get the dynamite. It's just you reciting the entire plot of Nightmare on Elm Street three. No, I'm that, gonna have to put I, it on the weekend watch list. That that sounds pretty solid. It does. Also, if we're talking movies, did you see the official trailer for Iron Claw yet? I did. I did too. And for I can still hear you. The I have my earphones in. I can still hear you guys. Okay, Austin. <laughs> I mean, dude, that looks amazing. I'm, I, that's I, all I'm saying. I love that the trailer doesn't really like give too much into the movie. I don't think. I feel like this one. Anyway, never mind. I hate to spoil it, but most of them die. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's like the Titanic. Like it sank. What? <laughs> so, Nightmare Three. Cool. Um, it, it, it brought back Heather Langenkamp, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Heather Langenkamp played Nancy in the original, and this is the first one that she came back in, and she died in it. But then, like, she reprised her role as Nancy slash Heather Langenkamp in A New Nightmare, which is amazing in itself. Like, I love that one because, like, Wes Craven finally came back, and that shit was fire. But. This one was also the uh, the official uh, start of Patricia Arquette. I don't know if you guys know who Patricia Arquette is. I do. She's yep. she's kind of famous. But yeah, dude. Like this this movie, like it fucked on all levels. Like it was awesome. I did see Ar New Nightmare. I do remember that one. And yeah, New Nightmare was super rad. Yeah, this is better than that. Even. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check that out this weekend. The camp so, level is perfect. So, what is your Austin, what, let's go to you next. What is your slasher sequel? So for a slasher sequel, I'm I'm actually a bit uh, a tied between Scream 2 and Scream 3. I enjoyed both of those. Mm -hmm. so really, all of the first three Scream movies, uh, 4 was okay, but like the later reboot, like it was fine for what it was. <laughs> but like the first three Scream movies, I thought were all pretty great. Uh Especially because the third one has a uh, flow from progressive in it. And like the only <laughs> other acting role I've ever seen her in. I totally forgot about that. Yes. So for, for that reason, I'm going to go. You know, you can bundle your. your... 
Uh, I do got to say, it's not a slasher sequel, but before we went on that track, uh, on a lighter Halloween movie, Muppet Haunted Mansion is phenomenal. <laughs> wow. Wow. I I love pretty much all Muppet movies. To me, the Muppets okay. are like the early 90s pro wrestling. It's just kind of hokey and goofy, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can, I, can get, I can get behind that. I like the Muppets, too. All right. So that was the part that James is dying for because... Fun fact, not only am I not really into horror, I really don't like slasher movies. <laughs> what? I did not know that until just so, now. Okay. Would you consider... No. If you have to say that, my answer is going to be no. Okay. I was going to say Devil's Rejects because I was like, does that count as slasher? The oh, devil, uh, the house? Mm, okay, all right, all right. It's, it's iffy, but I don't know. It's an amazing movie. So, I really yeah. liked. I really liked. As much as I'm not really into horror, I really liked House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. I have never seen the third, unfortunately. Oh, um, it's terrible! Don't d- d- don't okay, do good. it to yourself. Good to know. Good to know. Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> what, what was the third one? Uh, it three is, from hell. Three from hell is god awful. I mean, the only cool thing is they go to Mexico and they have to fight a whole bunch of dudes in Lucha Libre masks. That's about it. First of all, the trailer starts with trying to like retcon how they didn't die in a shootout. Spoiler. uh, At the end of Devil's Rejects, for God's sake. As soon as you mentioned the third one, I was like, oh, I think they did make a third one, but I had no recollection of it. Yeah. All right, so I will go here then. Okay. Because as much as I'm not really into slasher movies, there's a couple that I don't mind. I actually did enjoy this. And I, I'm going to fight that this is, counts as a sequel. I did enjoy Rob Zombie's version of Halloween. The first one or the second one? First one. The second one was god awful, but the first one was amazing. Because I've, I've seen the original Halloween. I'm, personally, I, I didn't think it was that good. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I didn't. You know, I didn't see it growing up when it first came out. I saw it much later, and I don't. I just, did. but I really liked his version of it. I thought that was Halloween. Good. The original Halloween's amazing. One this of my, one was really good. One of my closest friends from college. That's one of his favorite movies of all time. He has a life-size Michael Myers, which is now deeply, deeply, deeply buried in his basement somewhere because his wife's like, "Uh uh-uh. But (laughs) used to be like right in the middle of his living room. We worked with him, as a matter of fact. You know who I'm talking about, uh, just so you know. Uh, Berlin. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Both their names are Michael. And yeah, so anyway, yeah, he is he, he had his condo he had back when he was a bachelor. He had a a full life-size, like in the front room. And it would... He had like the other hand propped up with a plate on it. So he put your keys there and, and, you know, put the Halloween candies there. Christmas time, he put Christmas cards there. <laughs> it was, but I personally never really got into the original ones because I wasn't really into like the 80s horror slashers. Just wasn't my shtick. But I really enjoyed Rob Zombie's version. So I'm going to go with that. That's a safe pick. Hey. I got I, I, I'm actually like picking a movie that I saw. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So next week, next week, I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys time. Oh, we're getting it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm giving you some time next week. Ladies next. and gentlemen, favorite Japanese horror movie. Fuck. 
I don't know if I've ever seen any Japanese horror movies. Well, no like, like we, we have seven days to hit this Netflix. Weekend. It sounds like, like does does American remake do American remakes count? Like The Ring was a yeah. remake, wasn't it? Yeah, of Ringu, which is amazing. Juhan, it's Grudge. Like the audition, like uh, the others. Oh, yeah, I could keep going. So you many might have to next week because I don't. So okay, like, let me just back up for a second. You want us to to pick what our favorite movie is, and two of us have not seen any of the movies in this category. So we're going to scramble to find a movie, and that's going to be our favorite movie. Fucking a, let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna you know I'm gonna Google one and then see if I can just read the plot synopsis and bullshit. <laughs> go go find a YouTube video for like a recap a recap video. Good luck because you know I've watched all of them. <laughs> oh, well, really? I thought I thought Jamie was gonna do something different this year, and I was like, "Oh, we're doing movies again. We're gonna do this." And it's like, "Oh no, he came, he came with curveballs, ladies and gentlemen." That's what <laughs> I do. Look out! Well, let's uh let's make a harsh transition down away from uh, Chris, Camp Crystal Lake and go back to wrestling. Because last night... Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> you have all handy. Where are all your stuff? Jamie's doing remodeling. No, I give him credit. It's it... still back there for right now. I've actually finally convinced the wife it's all going into our bedroom. And she's allowing me to get wall mounts for my lightsabers. Nice. Wow. Yeah, because this is gonna be Megan's room right here. She might already be back there. I don't even know at this point. So the tyrant Megan could show up every now and again just to <laughs> piss you off. Wait, she's going to college in less than a year, and you're remote. Okay, all right, never mind. I'm not getting into it. <laughs> she has to come back, like you know, like I'm not gonna rent out her room okay, or some okay, shit. Okay, okay, touche, touche. All right. Well, Jamie and I were at wrestling last night. Uh, your youngest daughter, Audrey, came along with us. She almost made it through the entire night. <laughs> she did. She so fell asleep right after the main show. Like, she was done. I have a sweet picture of her passed out, mouth, mouth open. Oh, done. Jamie went to the bathroom. He came back and because we were just talking about when he wants to head out. And then he's like, we'll go after this match. And he goes in front of her. And I'm like, you are such an internet troll. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's kind of amazing. Here, so, I'll, I'll pull it up. Wrestling. Yeah, pull it up. Yeah. Pull, wrestling last night. AEW was in Kansas City. For those of you who are unfamiliar, that's where Jamie and I do live. So, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Not only did you take a picture of her while she's doing that, you've now shown it on the internet. Well, this is the first one I got. It's, she's on my shoulder. Man, you can't really see very well. But, <laughs> like She's just out. There you go. There you go. It's a good view of it. So, uh, a lot of our friends joined us in. Um, Rob, we're going to get you on this next time too. Rob's our friend in chat here. I thought I thought you were in our our, our group chat. I guess apologies there, but we'll get you in definitely on next time. But a lot of us, uh, we always we always we did this for three shows. This is our third oh, one. Yeah. Um, our buddy Kev, who's on a on our on our bowling team, he started this a few uh, four times ago, and then the third three three shows ago, two shows ago, he brought us in on it. He's like, if if ten fifteen people get together, chip in, it's the same price as a ticket to get a luxury box. It's the and we're now Jamie and I are so spoiled. If we're not front row, it's like, <laughs> this is it. 
Gotta do it because you got room to walk around, you know. You don't can, want to sit with all the pores. Right. That's you can all. get up and move. There's comfy chairs there. You got your own TV. Uh, two two boxes down from us, they had NXT on. <laughs> so they were <laughs> they were watching. And I, I think that was awesome. But no, so we did we did that we did the box again. It was really cool. They actually had decent merch, although not much. But look at this shirt. This is amazing. This is so much going on. I love this. Um Good fun. Now we'll get into the actual whole show, but you, you we were we were we were texting with Austin throughout throughout the show about it, and you seem to enjoy it almost as much, if not more, than we did. Yeah, uh, like we, I'll, I'll touch on it as we bounce through the night. Um, but it seemed like the minor handful of things I complain, for lack of a better term, <laughs> I still fully enjoy AEW, but it, it was almost like. Tony Khan listened in on the show and was like, let me do the shit Reddick likes tonight. And uh, <laughs> it was phenomenal from, from top to bottom. I thought it was one, one of the best dynamites I've seen. All right, Jamie, you got, you, we're going to get right through, but initial thoughts here. We'll give a wrap up about our th feelings at the end. Cause I got some thoughts in AEW in Kansas city. I want to get to later on, but initial, well, you're just kind of initial thoughts. We'll get before we get into the card banger like i i can't like if i if i had to wrap up in one it's banger um no duds like i honestly well well warlow that was a dud um <laughs> not in our fun. room it wasn't hey if robin if you're listening in here gotcha <laughs> yeah well, i was like I would, she was going nuts i'm like yelling boring boring i couldn't hear you over her libido so <laughs> that's, that's fair um no overall though guys dynamite was was fire like it was explosive if you will mm -hmm. and it Play started started off early so they <clears throat> rampage is tied to dynamite pretty much and so rampage is kind of done post usually what they do is they do a little before and a little after not last night they decided to yeah gift us with Eddie Kingston defending both his titles. I don't know why he's defending them both every time. You know, that's that's a nitpick that JJ has. You know, it's like you have two. Oh, you know he's going to win, so it doesn't matter. I know, but if he's challenging you for just one, there's a modicum of hope that, ooh, the other person could win this because he's not going to lose both his titles, right? I've had this complaint about I've had complained about Roman Reigns for four years now, right? You know, he's got both titles. There's no way he's losing to anybody. <laughs> he's got, he's got, he's he's gonna lose to Cody. I'm uh, I'm gonna play devil's advocate, advocate for a minute here. Please, while I, I understand from a viewing yeah. perspective, like watching it on a TV show, like okay, we know he's not gonna drop both these titles, but from a story and character perspective. I think if you have two singles titles and you're wrestling a guy, if he beats you, he should get both. Like yeah. as a as a champion with two titles, black and white, if, that makes sense. I hear you. If, if beating okay. you is good enough to win Touché. one, it should be good enough to win the other. Touche. I I I do get that point, but no, we got uh, we got Minoru Suzuki going up against Eddie Kingston, and we've seen Minoru before. Um, I don't remember hearing a murder grandpa chant like we heard last night, though. 
you know, and Audrey, so Audrey was like, who's this guy? I'm like, he's a legend. And she's like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, like, you know, like, you know how the rocks a legend here. He's like a hardcore legend in Japan. She's like, okay. I'm like, not necessarily as big as the rock, but like, he's big. She's like, okay. And then like, she watched it in the very beginning. And so like, it's funny. I got this video, which is on TikTok at Total Spot Fest. Um, you actually can hear the chops where we were from both of them. And like every single time she's like, <laughs> like she is just going nuts with it. Like I've raised my child. Right. But dude, that match strong style goodness. It made my heart mm-hmm. so damn happy. So damn happy. It was a perfect match too, because it's two people that fans love. Right. Kansas, and our, our crowd was, was on fire last night. I remember pointing out our friend Chance, who was in the uh, the booth with us there, or Chase, sorry, Chase was in the booth with us there. We were pointing down, uh, looking at the front row. In one corner, we had a guy in like full, not full, but he was in like Big Papa Pump cosplay with the mesh thing. Oh, guy. He was yeah. on TV. He's on my TV. I yeah, I noticed at first. I'm like, "Hey!" I was like, "Wait, is it somebody got the big pop of pump chainmail?" And, and I, I started thinking, "It's like I'm bald. I should get it. I should get the chainmail. I could pull it off. Just give me a little like dye job here. Perfect, easy, easy Halloween costume." Someone on Twitter called him Scott Steiner from the future. And that, that <laughs> the shit out of me. We had that on the other corner. There was somebody in a tiger with a tiger mask mask. There was a random banana person who kept moving around from section to section. I don't know how that's possible, but I mean, can't say we were hot. Like the crowd was hot last night. It wasn't the mm. most packed I've seen it. There was a couple empty seats. It's Tuesday. It's an off night, right? You know, usually this Wednesday is jam packed. There was a couple open seats, but it felt like they were a lot louder last night jamie than they we were before so pop wise it's probably the loudest we've ever been other than maybe the very very first show like the very first one 2020 the pops were ridiculous um but i kind of feel like this one was just at the same level because last night had that big fight feel all night and to the fact that they opened up with Suzuki Kingston. Oh, yeah. Like, just drove that shit home, man. Like, you know, I wish I could come up with some kind of Steiner math about it, but, like, I got nothing <laughs> on it. Like, it's just absolutely, yeah. like, the level, the, the, the excitement, the atmosphere. But the funny thing is, like, right after the main show was done, they went into Rampage, everybody was just spent. Yeah. Just... Yeah, that Washington. seems like a long evening for a work and or school night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Audrey did not want to wake up. It was not the longest we've been to a wrestling show. <laughs> Jamie and I talked about this. We went to a WWE taping back in the day. It was SmackDown, or I can't remember which one it was. It was Rock SmackDown. Day. It was SmackDown. And because SmackDown's only two hours, they also did Saturday Night Main Event, and 205 live and something else it was like five and a half hours in and we're like we gotta go (laughs) yeah we could not stay there any longer so anyway that opened that led us into the main show jamie let's get into the main show so the main show fire once again and it opened up with brian danielson and swerve strickland straight fire and Oh my God. So good. So here's the thing about swerve. I've noticed that he's been bulking up a little bit, Mm -hmm. but literally seeing him live, you know, since wrestling revolver, when we saw him last, 
he has gotten swole. Like he is 20, 30 pounds more beefy and he can still move the way he moves. Yeah, that's and crazy. The agility. He's, he still does all the exact same stuff. And Prince Nana is my spirit animal. That's all there is to it. <laughs> and the crowd's doing the Nana dance. Uh, what are your thoughts on Nana? Pros, cons, Austin? Where are you at, uh, at Nana-wise? I'm, I'm thumbs up on Prince okay. Nana. Uh, I, as I, I mentioned uh, when I name-dropped the Muppets earlier, I enjoy shit in pro wrestling that's just kind of there to be fun. Obviously, Nana, you know, he steps in and cheats for Swerve every now and then. Um, <laughs> but he's mostly there to add a little bit of levity to the Swerve package, which mm -hmm. is awesome because it lets Swerve still be super serious and this badass pro wrestling heel. But you've got the guy with him that'll make you laugh every once in a while, even when he's cheating against the guy you want to win. Um yeah, I think Nana with Swerve is a great pairing because I don't think there's a lot of other managers they could put him with that wouldn't take away from everything he's bringing to the table. Like, Nana just enhances him a little bit, but doesn't really take the attention away. Great. Would you say he is a less talkative version of Bobby the Brain Heenan? Like, because he is, does make it a little fun? Uh... I don't know if I'd go that far just because Bobby the Brain Heenan is like here is a, a whole nother level. I say he's on the same highway as Bobby the yeah, Brain Heenan, he's, right? He's similar, but Heenan, I think the commentary aspect of Heenan as well added so much to the presentation. Because even when he was managing, he was jumping on commentary when he wasn't out there. So there's just so much more that Heenan did and that they asked him to do. So I don't want to knock Prince not at all. The dude just doing what they ask him to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little similar, but just kind of the roles and responsibilities are completely different. And I don't, I think a lot of times with the Heenan family outside of you would have, you know, your Andre or uh, when he was with Ric Flair, you would have a star, but a lot of the guys Heenan manage were guys that were otherwise just uninteresting, and Bobby Heenan was the one that that made them enjoyable while they're out there. Even though you were booing them, he added so much more to them just being interesting and entertaining. Whereas that's not really what Prince Nana is being asked to do. He's just a nice little little side piece yeah. to to give you a little bit more entertainment with what Swerve's already given you, Mister Perfect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Match was a lot of fun. Match was unbelievable. Yeah. Like we knew it would be. I mean. The the finish was perfect. Like so, I know how some people hate outside interference or whatever, or not clean and stuff like that. But so here's the thing: I am going to say tonight's theme was clean. Okay, and we uh, just follow me here because yes, this was not clean, but it was. If you ask me, because. I know for a fact before this match happened, I felt like there's no way they're going to let Swerve keep going and hang, or hang out here. They kept that feud going. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. way that they did it is, spoiler alert, Hanger cost Swerve and Swerve cost Hanger, which is great, you know? So they kept that clean. They kept like, you know, these two are going to be a thing. 
and the way that they ended it making sure Nana couldn't get his his headdress you know thing in there it's like it was magnifique like oh yes give me some of that and it puts so it puts danielson in line now for a title shot pnt title shot at some point we don't know when Saturday. Saturday collision. Yeah. Oh, is it already announced for collision? Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do know it. Yeah. Uh, going back to your point, really quick, Jamie, about it being clean. A, one of my favorite parts of the finish is you see Nana's going to hit him with the headdress. Hanger comes and takes it away. It looks like Danielson's got him and then Swerve kicks out. Like, yeah. I love that they. You're sitting there watching like, okay, there's got to be some kind of screwy finish because they're not going to just have one of these guys just beat the other. And they kind of use that in the finish to where you really didn't know where it was going. Um, yeah, after Hanger interferes, Danielson catches him, Swerve still kicks out. Like at that point, you really don't know what they're going to do with it. Obviously, Danielson gets the win. Uh, but yeah, just what a way to open the show. I mean, technically, Kingston and Suzuki, which was phenomenal its own right but yeah this is this I is when dynamite's like, at its best when they kick off the show with just an absolute fire pro wrestling match and i feel like they do that that's a good thing that they'd be doing a, in a you know throughout throughout AEW. it's kind of become not necessarily a calling card but the interference quick turnaround isn't an immediate pin all the time sometimes it is but not all the time and for the most part, I feel like, especially when you get into stuff like it was going on with uh, when Tony Storm was still with the uh, uh, Outcast. Thank you. I keep wanting to do like Rebels. E girls. Rebels. E girls. E -girls. You just call them E girls. No, that, literally, this is E girls gets in my brain because Jamie in bed and I can't think of anything else. But when she was with the Outcast, they would do it. It'd be right away. But I know, you know, they would also do it where you know, didn't necessarily lead to that. And they do that with other people as well throughout, throughout the card where the interference turnaround isn't an immediate victory. And I do like that because it leaves you guessing, Oh, okay. All right. But sometimes it is. So it doesn't they always have to be so telling. Cause Britt Baker's entire, the entire title reign was Bayface is going to win. Uh, one of the other two girls cheats. Britt Baker wins. You haven't seen Britt Baker on your TV for a month now. She needed a reset. <laughs> I'm just saying, you asked for it, you got it. She needs she needs a break, and okay. she'll come back better. She'll be back the way she was, hopefully. Well, and not only that, but Britt Brit Baker, for all the things we sometimes don't enjoy about her presentation at AEW, she's still one of the most over women they have, and when she does come back, it'll get a big pop, and she'll get a little bit more momentum. So, like, yeah, take a little bit of time off, recharge, and come back and do some different shit. Yeah, listen, listen to Tony. Listen to our past few couple podcasts. We really went into it last week. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you're doing what Austin wants to do. You want to hear more of what we should do? Listen to what he said last week. Let's do it. Yes, yes. Um, all right. So after that, you had that sweet vignette of Samoa Joe. I love this version of Samoa Joe that they're they're presenting to us so again. So like good. this guy has been around for 20 years, and they've keep finding ways he keeps finding ways to reinvent himself to not only be the dominant monster he is but in a package that you're like i could totally get behind this and like this whole you know 
mercenary, you know, thing that he's kind of doing. It's very similar to the, because uh, he, he was technically a part of, you know, but it's very similar to the whole uh, uh, TNA angle that the old WWE guys did, the main event mafia, right? Yeah. It feels like a more modernized version of it, but he's he's the Simone submission, I mean, the killer, but he's also got this refined, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. Don feel to him as well. Mafioso, right. Mafia. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this Joe is great, but it also kind of ties into one of my other highlights of the night. That'll be a little bit of running theme, and it's turning MJF into a proper babyface. <laughs> so not only not only does he have Jay White and the Bang Bang Gang, uh, Samoa Joe still wants to tear his head off. His friends are leaving him. Like just excellent storytelling throughout the night and it's it's such a small part of it but the fact that with all this other stuff mjf still has this 300 pound angry samoan that wants to kill him it's, it's just a nice little touch to that building that character out yeah. we have a documented time stamp of when austin officially made the turn on because he texted us right uh, me and jamie both oh oh he's turning <laughs> all, all i was waiting for is just for him to fully lean into being a baby face and we got that with the promo which i'm not sure if that was up next in the uh the chronological yeah. order but we'll get to it when we get to it good catch, yeah. Heather. yeah we'll get to that too so the next match, gentlemen, was the biggest surprise for me. And not necessarily the outcome of like who won, but how they won. So that was Chris Jericho and Powerhouse Hops. So mm-hmm. Powerhouse comes out with Don Callis. And then honestly, Powerhouse just beat the shit out of Chris Jericho. Oh, bl- I mean, I, I I counted at one point four um four world strongest slams in a row, and like I was like, and then he had like twelve spine busters. Like, dude, do a new move at this point. That's where I was with it. <laughs> uh, there was a moment where Chris was you know kind of winning, and of course I yelled lion tamer because one's got to do what one's got to do. Committed um, to the bit. You know, and it was really quiet too. So I was like, "Oh, hopefully a whole bunch of people heard that," because I it was like I was trying to be really loud there. Um, but the thing for me though, and I want your guys' reaction to this, Hobbs won clean. Like I was expecting, callous something. Hobbs won crystal clear clean, like Tide Pod clean. He did. I don't this no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I don't know if this means that they're just trying to solidify him as you know officially in there or if you know get get our hopes up. Maybe this is Chris actually trying to take a step back from the spotlight. I don't know, probably not. Uh it's I mean it's not above Chris to put somebody over, but it was surprised considering the storyline the way it's been going. Yeah, this this was my first inkling that right. Tony Khan's been listening in on Total Spot Fest. Uh, because when I've been screaming from the rooftops for months now for Jericho to just go away or do something different, this was something different. And I think they even announced later in the broadcast that Jericho, because of the injuries, is going to be out for a little while. Um, this is how you build a young star. And that's what Jericho should be doing more often than not now. 
He tried doing with Sammy Guevara for a couple of years, but it was kind of more of the same. And outside of the Osprey match that you knew he wasn't going to win, we've, we've kind of had a run of Jericho just, just beating guys. He tried to do this with Action Andretti back in like December or whenever it was. Um, and it just went nowhere. And Action Andretti clearly wasn't the guy because he is a little flippy guy in a company That's of little flippy guys guy. that are much better than he is. Um, nothing against the gentleman in particular, but Jericho putting over Andretti, it was a surprise for one night, but there was nothing out of it. Jericho helped make a star tonight. Hobbs, also, I gotta say, Hobbs in like the shorts and not the full singlet looked like so much more of a monster. Like, agreed. Yeah. It made him look even more powerful, even though the dude is already a brick shit house and a half. Um, but yeah, this was Poppin'. this was what I've wanted to see out of Jericho for a long time. And for Hobbs to go out there and then just, you know, as as Heather said, toss him around like a salad in a spinner and then just beat him was the best possible outcome of this match. Thank you for finishing that sentence, by the way, Heather, because that could have gotten <laughs> real awkward real fast. Um, hey, they had to pull out all the stops to be NXT. Well, Jamie, you and I have talked <clears throat> in previously about the maturation of Powerhouse Hobbs. Because when we first saw him in the pandemic times, oh, big guy smash, right? Mm -hmm. And he was he was more puffy. He was more Rainbow One, you know, and he. he 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 got more he got he he leaned down man he he more shredded Julius out man like he looked like like Ra Rambo too just all all cut and shredded and I agree the shorts he looked imposing like before he just looked like a big dude now legit looks imposing scary and I am all aboard the choo choo train of the Don Cal's family like. The, the the midnight meat train like i think him and you need like miro or something in there and then he calls us the midnight meat train that would be the best thing because the Miro's midnight got, got, come on Miro doesn't fit with the with the doghouse family to, you know i don't think but i agree i think that this is fantastic i think that you really start to see i know paul white had made mention of one of the big things he wanted to do when he came over to AEW was teach these young monsters the big guys you know how to be proper big guys because he'd been through several iterations of it my favorite is the smoking giant always will be always will be <laughs> just sitting in a wcw corner smoking you know chain smoking punch someone in the face back to chain smoking love it uh but no I think the, I don't want to put all this on Paul White, but there's definitely some people who are influencing him a little bit as well. Not only did he do the work to get his body kind of like you said, more shredded and Julius salad, he's done much better ring wise, but he's really composing himself. You can be a monster and not say anything and still be in interesting. Having a good manager is a good step with that. Mm -hmm. it's just that's why last week I lauded this so much because I just like that I love it I never saw it coming but it's great it's great you know he's on his third manager right right well one of them was QTD we really count that I mean it was QTTV and it bombed like really bad <laughs> I appreciate them just trying different stuff till they find something that works because they know what they got they know they have something they just need to find he is he is definitely well he's also absolutely one too that 
you know, the other side of the fence would love. I mean, look at him. That screams WWE something, right? Speaking of WWE, I know this is a bit of low-hanging fruit because he literally used the world's strongest slam. But he's got that Mark Henry Hall of Hall of Pain world title run vibe about him right now that yeah. it, it works. It's great. Yeah, Mark Henry is working for for yeah. AEWs, you know, so it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you, you got Mark Henry, you got Big Show, you got good people learning from him or to teach him stuff. So kudos. Absolutely. Kudos for what you're doing with, with Hobbs. Well done. <sighs> you guys want to go back to Roddy's house? <laughs> <laughs> Adam, Adam. I, I, I know you caught this on. Adam. I don't know if you caught it on TV, but apparently Adam yelling Adam incessantly is now a chant as well. That's done at live events, Austin. Um, I think a little bit bled through at one point, but like, yeah, it wasn't super audible. It's, it's definitely a thing now. FYI, <laughs> uh, were were they chanting it in that way during the main event? Because I feel like when Adam Copeland is out there, I heard him chatting Adam, but I couldn't tell if they were doing it like in the Roddy voice or just no. chatting Adam. No, 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 no. We, we were doing proper. we were doing it just just regularly. It was just I, I it was it was during one of the MJF spots we did. Uh, there was an Adam chant, and then also during this video is when it first started. Yeah. Well, yeah. When, when, when he had his phone, he's trying to get to Adam. He's like Adam, Adam, and like everybody's everybody. Ah! It was like it was it was went through. It was amazing because it was like it's just like never in sync anywhere either too because everyone just yelling at them randomly at the top of their lungs. It was fantastic. So 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 the video he's still stuck at Roddy's house, which has horrible reception and no televisions because TV is the devil. <laughs> it's the devil. Oh yeah, that TV it's the devil. Uh. And he mowed the yard on one foot using his little scooter. Uh, and then Matt Taven talking about the neck strongest, the strongest, strongest neck of all animals, the giraffe. This shit popped me so hard. I'm like, That's why he has a little stuffed giraffe. Because first of all, that was the gift he got him when he was in the hospital. What'd you get him? Yeah, and he got it because the giraffe is the strongest. And then he started talking. Oh, my God. I have I have come full circle on Matt Taven. As long as he doesn't keep saying my name is Matt Taven, I am here for Matt Taven. Heather says he haunts her dreams. Like <laughs> I, I I get that I do because he's just that's an effective character right there. Then because he's supposed yeah. to. <laughs> so he's got he one just... more thing he has to do before he can go to surgery, which surgeries. Is you're what still you're still convinced this is this is a work, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm pretty solidly on that side of it. Just the whole putting off surgeries and yeah, mm-hmm. that's the other well, thing too. To Switch, uh, you already had his surgeries. He had a surgery this past weekend. Now, and, so maybe that is it. Maybe he already had the surgery and they're just using that as part of the story. Could be. Um, I still think uh, it's either either it's completely a work or it's not nearly as bad as they're saying. Um, and I think he's getting involved at full gear in some capacity or other. But honestly, with the way the story's going, even if it's not, it seems like it's going to be pretty entertaining either way. Yeah. They've got enough They got enough irons in the fire as it comes to MJF. They don't have to rush this back if it is indeed not a work. 
Yeah. Yeah. It just it it seems very much like what they would be doing if it was a work. Um, so if it's not, right. kudos to them because that's that's good storytelling. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it screams work to me. And you know, Mark Sardamas does have a solid track record. So we shall see. We're not that far. We're just about a month out from uh, from from uh, full gear. Yes, which which Jay White will make it there, and he will win the title. I think so too. I'm calling it now. Stamp it. I'm locking that prediction now before we even get to that weekend. I'm I'm taking Jay White to win the belt. Yep, because of the devil. Cold, baby. All right. <laughs> Moving on quickly. AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix. This match is short. Real short. But it was the outcome that I expected when they had Moxley listed as the opponent. But they had to make a change because Moxley was still not medically cleared. And they get they get Orange Cassidy Which in there. Probably not a work. <laughs> that is not a work. Uh, and Orange Cassidy ends up as your new international champion once again. I mean, correcting the mistake the referee made, you know, by not giving him the belt, then giving him the belt. <laughs> you know, it was fun mm-hmm. for what the match was. It was. It was Ray Phoenix and Orange Cassidy in a match. We've seen this before. It's fantastic. Oh, and they did, they did a surprise. They did a quick ending, too. So it even came by surprise, you know? It was like, it took me by surprise for the Ray match. Ray Phoenix is beat up, though. He is he, yeah. beat up. He That's needs, why it's quick. He needs When it was that up. short, I just assumed that, that Phoenix needs to take a couple weeks to recover. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a, a longer Ray Phoenix run, but yeah, he probably needs some time off. And the the story they're telling with Orange Cassidy is is a very interesting one. I don't know if this came across live, if y'all saw on TVs, but like his reaction to winning the title, where he just kind of had this look about him, like it's not the normal Orange Cassidy. Just I don't care. It, like. It looked like to him it was just kind of hollow because he didn't meet beat Mox to win it back. So I'm pretty sure that's where we're ultimately going at full gear and run that back any day of the week. I'll tune in. Um, but yeah, I think they're adding a nice little interesting wrinkle of storytelling into the Orange Cassidy character where he actually has feelings about some things. Wait, a long-term story for Orange Cassidy? Jamie, are you hearing this? Uh, yeah, yeah. So... Fun fact, I was having a conversation with somebody today about Orange Cassidy. And they were like, they're like, he should have never lost the belt. I'm like, no, he absolutely needed to lose the belt. And they're like, why? It's like, because now you give this guy some depth and then you you make the story about the chase and redemption. And then he ends up becoming an even bigger star than he is. He is one of the most over guys in AEW because everybody loves him. He is very lovable. Now you add tenacity and you add this redemption arc for him to to right his wrong. Like, dude, like you can't like that writes itself. And <laughs> it, like he's gonna end up becoming a bigger star out of this. And I would if if this arc continues, 
I would not hesitate to say, ladies and gentlemen, in October of 2024, we might be talking about an, a match between Orange Cassidy and Swerve Strickland for the AEW title. Very possible. I mean, Swerve is on that trajectory, we know. It, deservedly so. Orange deserves it just as much, though. If not more, to be honest. You know, no offense Orange, to Swerve. Orange deserves it. I actually see Orange ending up being like AEW's Mr. Perfect. He just doesn't need the main title. Uh, and he'll never end up getting it because there's just not a good time. Like, like, he's a perfect one. A good you know, if he would have been where he is now a year ago when all the punk stuff happened and all that, you could throw it on him for a short run there. But I just think he's just one of those guys that just never really needs to win the main title. Because he just offers so much without it, where you've got so many other dudes on the roster that kind of need that extra little bit of legitimacy. Like Ruby Soho? Hey, Ruby. Ruby Ruby, Ruby Soho for AEW World Champion. Give me Ruby Soho and Jay White. Give her a Never. belt. One Never belt. Baby. Even for a, just for a week. Just give her fuck, Just give her something. Please, Tony. What a better chance of winning $1.72 billion tonight. Let's just invite um, Ruby uh, to to try pick them for the next pay per view, and maybe she'll win the belt Jamie's got on a little graphic. <laughs> hey, and just just belt. for the record, just for the record, if I do, sorry, win, I successfully defend my title for a fourth time. Um, I think it it makes sense to make that graphic just four times bigger. Make it one percent bigger every time he retains. There you go. We, we'll talk I'll, to the graphics that. department and see what we can come up with. Can, All can, right. Can, can we go go on with the show, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we can please talk God. about. We can continue talking about how I've dominated, uh, but that's fine. Um, no. Uh, so after this, you had Tony Storm's first short film. Which we didn't realize necessarily. They ran that over during the commercial, which was genius because it was a silent film. Yes. And uh, if you can go back and watch the broadcast, like at some parts in the commercial, it looks like she's kind of gesturing along with whatever's going on in the commercial. Really? Yeah. Go back and watch it. You can find it. Okay. Okay. That sounds amazing. If that's, it was, if that's it was, it was entertaining, but it was also kind of lost on us a little bit in the in the arena. Yeah, I missed like half of the first one because it cut to picture in picture, and it took me a minute to realize, like, oh no, the silent film thing's still going because it's silent, uh, and it's perfectly fine. But yeah, Tony Storm is doing some of the best work in AEW right now. Uh, understatement of the century. Oh, good. I'm hook, line, sinker. In, invested in <laughs> whatever this is, this Marilyn Monroe, Tony Storm, I I need it so much now. Like you literally don't know what she's gonna do next. Legit, other than a, th- a shoe might get thrown. Like <laughs> you don't know, and that's like the thing with wrestling, and and I think this goes for all of us. We've watched enough. We know how shit's probably gonna go. 90% of the time. And with her, I have no idea. And I am here for it because it just re- reinvigorates my childlike love for wrestling. That's actually a really good point. And that's something that you get in AEW, 
that you can't get in WWE because of the structure of the two companies. Because they, they long-term plan it, book it all out. Right? Yeah, but they'll also, they will just let these entertainers go out and be entertaining. If you've got a silly idea or you want to try something, there's so many fewer barriers to getting that over. Whereas in WWE, remember when Zack Ryder made himself the internet champion, got himself over on the internet, the crowd was cheering for it. They're like, well, that's not in our plans. We can't pivot. And I, this not to turn this into AEW versus WWE thing, because there are some merits to the other sides. You do get a little bit more consistency sometimes with WWE and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if that's what you like, cool. You get that there. But yeah, you just, in AEW, so often you get things that get over that would never have been able to get on TV in Mm -hmm. WWE because they trust these people. All right, go try it. If it doesn't work, we'll try something out later. Um, But yeah, what Tony Storm's doing now is just, it's such a breath of life into the women's division as well. You've got an actual interesting character instead of one main storyline around a title that's just kind of everything else falls out of that it's the beginning of a branch. It's a branch. It's the beginning of a tree, you know, and hopefully we can get more branches filled in. Maybe one of them could even be blue to appease the, the, the day is here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I remember you talk about that, you know, scissor me daddy ass is the realization of what Miro day would have been 10 years ago. Right. Miro yeah. day was fantastic. And it came out of nowhere in his grassroots and WWE begrudgingly made a t-shirt and kind of pushed it after way after they should have. Whereas scissor me daddy ass, they, because of the phrasing, they wavered a little bit on it, but then they went full in and they even have belts that have scissors and scissor me daddy ass on them now. So all in Tony Storm. Fantastic. Yes. All right. Uh, well, we had War Daddy show up and beat the shit out of Matt Seidel. We're all um, like, "Hey, Matt Seidel!" Then here comes Ward logo. Ooh, Matt Seidel. <laughs> yeah. So War Daddy hit him with a whole bunch of power bombs and went out through the crowd. So that's his new shtick. Not only now does he not do the symphony, so they've reduced his character even that much more. To just I power eat power bomb and leave like that's that's it. I'm not I'm not digging this at all. Just if you can't tell, so I I looked away for like ninety seconds. <laughs> well, that was you missed the whole thing, and then saw him leaving through the crowd, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna rewind it. It must have been one of the local extras or something. Maybe one of the premiere got power bombed forty times. Um, no, it was Matt Seidel, which. I do think that AEW could still be doing better things with Matt Seidel. I, I think he has a lot more to offer than that. But also, he's getting a paycheck. Go out there, get a couple power bombs from Warload, call it a day. All right. Yeah. Make your money, man. Whatever. I mean, we talked to your wife because she uh, she was there as an extra. She came up, uh, you know, Chaz in the room. And, you know, one of the things that we were like, they really don't need to have extras anymore. They have so many people on the roster. Like you said, you got someone to go out there and eat it to, to you need someone to go out there and eat it to uh Wardlow? Well you why 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 bring in someone else? You've got enough people. Hank, you go out there and you know just spend fifty seconds getting beat up by Wardlow. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think this uh 
to Jamie's point, this isn't the most exciting presentation of Wardlow yet. That being said, I am going to give it the benefit of the doubt, give it a few more weeks, see where this goes. Uh, as Heather pointed out in the chat, Wardlow had MJF written on his wrist tape. So the the obvious next step of that is he is going to be another obstacle in MJF's mm -hmm. way. I would be real interested in them going in the completely opposite direction with it and Wardlow recognizing that MJF really is a different guy now and Wardlow becoming some much-needed backup, not right away, but when it's right in the story <clears throat> for all these enemies he has. Two things. One, I know that he... He is definitely over with certain gr groups of people because of how he looks. <laughs> mm -hmm. We had one of them in, uh, in our room. We had two of them, actually. But um, that being said, I, number two, I like this more than his kind of like give him the mic and let him talk Wardlow <laughs> a lot more because it is, a, and, and you guys, you guys can go, you guys can. If you want, you know, you can debate this as much as you want, but it's a classic trope, right? The old big monster come in, beat up stuff, walk out, right? We've seen mm -hmm, it for mm -hmm. decades. Braun Strowman was that before him. It, 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 it's not anything new, but they've invested enough in Warlow in the past to make me believe that it's not going to be a one string banjo. There is a plan for Wardlow with this. So I don't mind the presentation. You get him out there, you get some good FaceTime. Sure, he's easy on the eyes. Cool, right? You know? If you have a plan in works with it, it's good. Much like Powerhouse Hobbs, less is more. I feel like less is more with Wardlow, too. I'm willing to see what the long term game is, though. Yeah, I, it, it seems very much like they, they wouldn't, especially on a show like this, where there's so much happening on it, I feel like they wouldn't give him that squash if there weren't mm -hmm. fairly immediate plans to start pushing him into something. There's a something. <laughs> hmm. Oh, okay. speaking of the devil and they shall arise. Hey, Robin. <laughs> War Daddy. There she is. War Daddy. All right, so let's... I know she's got her. So let's just move on from Mr. War Daddy. Um, and let's go into another banger of a match. And that's Jay White versus Hanger, man. First off, the Bang Bang Club, uh, Bang Bang Gang came out on trikes. And Card Blade was in attendance. <laughs> I, first off, like. I never knew how much I love the guns and bullet club until this moment. Like I knew I really liked it, but then like them to be able to be their goofy selves a little bit was just, yeah. And we yes. didn't, I didn't, we didn't, I don't know, a lot of people in the arena, but I didn't understand what the bikes were until I found out, Oh, they did American badass. Like, ah, <laughs> I didn't catch that at all, but that's hilarious. That's yeah. Apparently that's why that's, brilliant uh fun fact at AEW live events you can get a half size card blade for 40 bucks and i don't know why i didn't get it i should have. I, almost bought it. I, I almost pulled the trigger i mean i could have him just like right back here like put him like on you know or like on this this right here you know it'd be, anyway anyway 
I mean, if we had Card Blade behind us, I think that would make one Heather very happy at all times. <laughs> that's 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 spitting facts. Yeah, I. It took me a while to come around on Jay White because I hadn't seen his like New Japan stuff, so I wasn't real familiar. Oh. And then even Bullet Club Gold in general, I have always liked Juice, but it kind of took a while for them to really find what they were doing, but. They have hit their absolute peak, right? Well, I don't even know if it's a peak. They could get even better, but like they are, they are at the top of their game right now. Yeah, frat guy menace. I mean, that's the best way. They are, they are the, they are the really annoying fraternity on campus. The one that it is in the best way possible. You know what I mean? You know, they're like the Treblomikers. If you know that reference, you are welcome. It's Treblemakers from Pitch Perfect. Um. <laughs> So it's been a hot it's, minute since we pulled out since you pulled out some pitch perfect on us, Jamie. I mean, I'm a father of daughters, so I've watched that movie more than I'd like to admit. And it's a very enjoyable movie. And that's like and I thought I, the okay, in all fairness, I watched the movie first and I go, Oh my god, you guys I think will love this. And then it became like a family thing after that. But like they do have that that thing, and I feel like they are about two to three members short of where they would be legit, like hard to deal with for everybody. And I would like to play a little game here of who makes sense to be part of Bullet Club Gold. Who needs to be a part of right. the Bang Bang? We've, we've answered this question a million times over the last few weeks. Tony Number Storm. one is Tony Storm. Tony Storm. Well, yeah, yeah, we knew that one. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the given. <clears throat> so but aside from Tony Storm, who else makes sense? This is your question. Yes, because it's Tony. And then who else? I'm going to give you my answer. Nobody. Yeah, you go first. Nobody. I think four is good. You got a tag team, a secondary, and a main level guy. You add in there a, fee- a woman. I don't think you need anything else. I think you run the risk of becoming what the Bull Club has become time and time and time again, what the original NWO eventually became, is too goddamn big. I like it like this. I like it. You have a tag. You have a main guy. You have a second guy. If you add a woman, you add a woman. Cool, right? Four or five. I don't think you need anybody else. I'm a second guy. I think you could add... One more, and I'm still not entirely sure specifically who it would be outside Tony Storm, because absolutely Tony Storm should eventually join Bullet Club Gold. Uh, I think if they added a fifth male member, it needs to be someone like Jake Hager. And by that, I don't mean resembling Jake Hager in any way. I mean what Jake Hager was to the Jericho Appreciation Society where he really didn't ever wrestle every once in a while, but he's just kind of there. I think they 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 need someone like that. I don't know who it would be. I think if he wasn't already doing great stuff with the acclaimed, I think Daddy Ass would actually be real interesting in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's the only addition I think that would that would be really good. It's just mm-hmm. somebody that doesn't need to wrestle often every once in a while they can, but just kind of adds to the entertainment value. But it still looks like they could beat some ass too, because you want them to be in, imposing for the rest of your roster. So right. it's that's a rough one, but I, it could work. All right, Jamie, who do you? Because you are obviously saying this with, with some PhD, oh, some thought behind it. Who yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my whole thing is this: when you think of 
most factions other than DX, DX did not follow this mold, but most of them all had a big monster, like that, that big imposing person, right? Who did I just kind of shit on just like 30 seconds ago? Wardlow. Wardlow and Bullet Club Gold makes so much sense to me. Storyline, it lines up because of the MJF stuff. Yes, like he'll become that, and then like then you then he does his thing. Maybe becomes a tag team champion with with Finn, you know, something like that. So you can build him up. Then you can eventually get that infighting of Wardlow versus Jay White, you know, for for dominance. Like that's like, like that's I'm thinking long term for Wardlow because okay. this imposing monster Wardlow that they're doing right now that just power bombs and leaves it ain't doing shit for me. I ain't gonna lie. Um but I could see that. And I could also see Hook. Cuz hmm. what do you do with a guy who doesn't talk? <laughs> so I'm I'm actually going to question I'm actually going to go hard disagree on both of those. Basically for that reason, I think both Wardlow and Hook would just get eaten up at not only outside the ring, but honestly inside the ring as well, because Juice and Jay White are phenomenal and the guns have become a really good tag team. I think it it works in theory, but not necessarily execution because those guys are too strong of characters. It'll make Wardlow look boring by comparison, and I kind of think the same thing as Hook either, or Hook as well, that just, I think if you're going to be in that group, that's why Tony Storm would work so great with them. You kind of got to be extremely over the top, and I'm not sure either of those performers really have that in them. Well, Heather brought up Daniel Garcia. That's not a bad idea because of his dancing. I mean, I think thematically he could fit in with them. I think there's other things afoot with Daniel Garcia, because they're still doing like reverberations of the JAS, even though it's not JAS. It kind of still is the JAS. What about Cool Hand Luke and and, and was, Danny Magic? Um, okay, kind of. I was about to suggest that, but you have to have uh, Cool Hand Ange on Daddy Magic's shoulders, and they have to be in a trench coat because they need the monster <laughs> guy. Then you get both. You get crazy, oh and you can open up like the middle button, so so Daddy Magic can still talk through it because they are both entertaining enough to hang out with the Bullet Club. Yes. Give me Bullet Club introducing the new heater, and it's those two guys in a trench coat. I was worried. I don't. I just don't see anybody adding that value. You just just throwing guys to throw guys in, more or less. You know. Yeah, that's fair. That doesn't mean that they won't do it. I hope he won't, though. We'll see. This was fun. This match was fantastic, but it was fun as hell because. Mm. They were seated along the wall the whole time, like kids in timeout. And it was just the peanut gallery. And we almost had, like, I literally had parts of that match where I was just watching them because we had a mm -hmm. great angle straight down to the three of them sitting there. <laughs> just watching them just being ridiculous during the match. It was great. Yeah. And, and again, Prince Nana cost Hanger the match. To get Jay White the win, which, by the way, we also didn't happen. Yeah, we also forgot to mention that Jay White did come out with the triple B. Mm -hmm. And then Ooh. you get the babyface promo that P 
people have been clamoring for on this show. <laughs> yeah, it was the first, and then MJF has been turning babyface for two months or so now, mm-hmm. a little bit longer than that. And that was my one big hangout with MJF as a babyface is if you're going to be a babyface, you got to be a babyface. Right. You can't just kind of ride the line because eventually we don't really know if you're a good guy or not. He'll still be over no matter what. Mm-hmm. But that was a 100% old school wrestling babyface promo done in a modern way. And I mean that in the most complimentary way possible. Like not that it was just kind of hokey in old school. It was what you want out of a baby face. The fire was there when you needed it to be. Mm-hmm. He, you could tell, like he he cared about something, <laughs> and that's that's what you've had with with MJF. Is the Sweet Heather. he's always just going to win anyway, so he can still be a, a scumbag and a dick and make jokes and stuff. Um, but you need your baby faces to to see some adversity sometimes. And him, I I I liked him realizing. There's four of you. I can't come down there and fight four of you on one because I half expected the way they booked MJF, him just to go clear out the entire Bullet Club gold because he just beats everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. the the promo The promo was phenomenal. Uh, it was the the first time MJF has appeared as a true babyface to me, and and it worked a lot better than I I expected him to as a babyface. So yeah, I'm on board now. I'm down with with babyface MJF. I mean, and I like it too because he he can still have that edge and still be say some dickish things here and there, right? But still be a good guy, right? You know, it's kind of like like Jamie has long said, you know, it's like Jamie can Jamie can be very blunt. He can be an asshole, but he'll be your asshole, sort of thing, right? You know, well, mm-hmm. it's the same sort of thought behind his, his entire gimmick. You know, um, you just you have been saying it longer, so you do have dibs on the gimmick, Jamie. I will say that. Um, <laughs> but he can still do that stuff, but he even comes out, be a man, do all this. And I like it because of the long string to pull here when the turn eventually does happen with Adam Cole, right? Now you've given your baby face challenge and adversity. He doesn't need the belt to have that stuff and still be on top of the card because it's you, you're now, I mean, you who wasn't invested in it, you're now invested in the baby face, you know? So, you know, when that turn happens, there's good emotion for that, and it makes for a better heel, and it makes for a believable baby face. And kudos, they're they're doing stuff right. They're getting it. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it's, more. it's great storytelling, and and like some of the beats in the promo as well. Him talking about, I am trying. Like I I understand I have not been a great person, but I am trying. And if we get five more weeks of of him, not necessarily every week, but like in these promos, talking about him genuinely becoming a better person, only for Adam Cole to turn on him. When you have this guy that's like changed his life and then immediately gets screwed over for it, what does he do? Like that's just good storytelling. Absolutely. What'd you guys think of Juice's part? And then Juice started talking, and <laughs> technically, it wasn't, I don't know if it was necessarily initially meant to be anti-Semitic, especially at this time in the, the world history, it was a bad time for that, because he long has used the rolled up quarters as like a loaded fist thing. He did that when he first came into AEW, right? But mm-hmm. man, did that not hit? <laughs> that was, ooh, like the, the whole weird. The crowd were just like, ooh, damn, ooh, damn. 
Yeah, it was bad. How how did it come across on TV? Uh, a little a little awkward, uh, but not necessarily for the reasons a lot of people were uncomfortable with it. Uh, I think one, if you didn't have a strong knowledge of that Juice's regular thing, like punching people with fistful mm-hmm. of quarters, it either seemed a little, eh, you probably shouldn't do that, or it was just kind of confusing, because when he pulled it out, you could see it. And like, if you're an old school wrestling fan, like a fistful of quarters, like that's that's a thing they've been doing for decades in wrestling. Um, I didn't even necessarily make the connection right away, like, oh, this is supposed to be anti-Semitic, because it, it wasn't. I actually thought this added a real good layer to babyface MJF, because he even brought it up in his backstage segment. And that's one thing, too. There is a less than 0% chance that spot with the quarters was ever going to happen if it was anything but MJF's idea. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Clearly, he even went on Twitter today and explained he was... That's part of the story. That's that's what they're doing. And what, what it was, um, Heather, is like is like months ago. I can't remember who who is feuding with at the time. If it was, I think it was before Adam Cole, but whatever it was, um, he said that you know it was one of his like moments of uh, of a uh, of a uh, of a uh, you know um, whatever you know you know he's trying to be humanize he's trying to humanize himself at the very beginning he talked about growing up and you know having quarters thrown at him and people saying pick it up jew boy is what the story was so that that's where we're coming from was that with punk i I couldn't remember when it was but yeah anyway i think that was yeah i think that was the the punk feud if i'm not mistaken or it was that's the reference we're getting that's the reference we're getting at heather that's where for those of you not not familiar heather heather asked that in 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 our chat and that's that's what we're getting at you know yeah and so the just the delivery it was really the delivery of the promo from juice that seemed a little bit awkward um I think if they would have had MJF instead of Friedman written on the quarters, it would have been a little bit of a softer landing. Yeah. But I got what they were going for. Juice is the guy that hit punches people with a handful of quarters. MJF has mentioned in the past that that's a bit of a sore spot for him. Nothing of that was delivered or intended to be. I'm taunting you with quarters because you're Jewish. It's this is a soft spot for you. I happen to hit people with quarters. I know you don't like me. Like, that's what they were going for. The delivery was kind of awkward. Um, but like I was saying earlier, MJF even came out on Twitter today and explained, like, you know, that's that's the story we're telling. Right. I think even though it did land a little awkwardly, it was one of the the better, more nuanced ways they like touched on taboo subjects in pro wrestling. It wasn't Triple H looking Booker T dead in the eyes and saying, guys like you don't win this belt. That's very heavy handed and just kind of fucked up. And since we know uh, that, it's just like you said, 100% MJF had to be yeah. either come up with this or be behind this idea, mm-hmm. right? I think it's. I, I think, think it would have been better as a backstage promo from Juice, probably, because for some yeah. reason Juice has heat in Kansas City. There was an "fu Juice" chant in the, like earlier on in the night for no reason. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know why. There's like a bunch of signs. Uh, like, for some reason, people hate Juice Robinson here. I don't know why, but they're, they're just jealous he gets to go home to Tony Storm. I can hundred percent, hundred percent. So anyway, I think it would have been better as a backstage promo, Jamie. Final. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it just, I think the delivery left me wanting on that one. And I mean, we're getting the fallout from it because the delivery wasn't there. I think positives wise, this was a really good moment for MJF. For sure. Yeah. And he, he, for he sure. took a spun with it right away. So good stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's move on to arguably the match of the night. And that's saying something because actually I have some flowers to deliver, gentlemen. Um, and the AEW Women's Championship of Soraya versus Hikaru Shida. I didn't think I'd and, call any other match other than the Swerve and Danielson match of the night. But as we were leaving, so, I, 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 I did. <laughs> so all three of us have been very, <laughs> very critical of Soraya since she's gotten back into the ring. That's so nice. That's a nice way to put it, Jamie. I'll say, have been, still am. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah. So is uh, fair. Um, but I will have to say, ladies and gentlemen, this was the best she's looked in the ring, definitely by herself, since she's been here. I'll give you that. G- granted, Sheeta is an amazing worker and made her look like a million bucks, but I would have to say Shreya did a good job selling and she did did her part. Now, can she move like the other girls? Anything like that? No. She's not of this ilk. She's still a a tweener diva revolution wrestler. So she's neck. with a fused neck. So she is getting the benefit of the doubt there. This match was great, top to bottom. Like, and I thought she did an excellent job. I'm gonna give Soraya her flowers. Good job. The match got decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. Some interwoven stories in there. Yeah, the because Ruby was banned from ringside. Hey, Ruby found a way to be at ringside. Got turned back by Sheeta, which led to a run in by Tony Storm, who just running down and just beating Ruby with a shoe for whatever reason. <laughs> Chaser, I mean, you had you had a couple false finishes in it. It was. Mm-hmm. It was they they pull these out like they they pull out good women. I, I, I hate this, and I'm, we're not diving in like we did last few weeks. But they, they pull out good women's matches, like when, um, um, when JB Hater beat Tony for the for the title. That was an amazing match, right? They pull out good women's matches. It's just the consistency of it. But this was fantastic, and everything was done extremely well, including Soraya's part of it. Yeah, I thought, I thought she. Looked better than she has since she got to AEW. Uh, I still don't think she looked great, but she looked plenty good enough for the story they were telling the match they had. Like, she did her part. Uh, but even, like, the first thing I noticed early on in the match, like, even as they got started, is she... And this is... She's had her neck fused. Like, she was out for a long time. This isn't, like, to to disparage her intentionally, but she just does not move well anymore. Kind of like Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy just does not move well anymore. And it's jarring. You can see it while she's out there. Even when they were just trading forms or moving around, there's just an awkwardness to the movement. And it's just her her body just can't do that anymore. Um, She still took bumps and all that fine. But just the way she moves, it just, it looks unathletic and just kind of out of place. Um, But I mean, like that being said, she did her part as much as you could want her to. 
Uh, I'm glad the Soraya title win reign is over. <laughs> it now clearly looks like they realized they weren't getting Hater back. Let's put it on the other Brit at Wembley. And they didn't let her run too long or wait for a bigger moment. I thought this was the perfect time to put it on Sheeta because I think the vast majority of people thought there was no chance Sheeta was winning this match. They assumed they were saying Soraya dropping the title until later on. I was and that ilk. I was on the and Jamie had a had a slight, you know, like, you know, uh, I, not just Jamie, but you know, he brought it up to me before the show about because they're going to run ten minutes long, and if it's the women's match to end, it's going to be Mercedes Monet and all this stuff. And I was in that train about they're going to keep it on Soraya till Mercedes because that's the mark. I think this is a better move. I think it does good things for Sheeta too because her second title reign was all of what two weeks. So give her an actual little bit of time with the title like she deserves, considering what she did for you guys <laughs> when the world was shut down, you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's good. Well, I, think yeah. it's, I think it's something you can also have, too, that if you have a returning Thunder Rosa, if you have a Jamie Hayter getting healthy sometime soon, she is a good person for them to go after, and it's very interesting, and it's got some legs to it already built in. Yeah, I... I will will never not be interested in a long sheet of title reign, but I would actually rather like to see them hot potato the women's title around a bit. Move it, yeah. Move it uh, yeah. a bunch of people. It's kind of it. like the old WCW Cruiserweight title or even the TV title. On any given week, that thing could change hands. And it inherently makes those title matches more interesting, uh, especially when you're you're only getting a W title match once a quarter now the, nowadays. Um, yeah. I think it makes the women's division a little bit more interesting and a, a little bit more of a must-see part of the show. If you can build up five to six women, you know, you can throw Willow in there. You got Thunder Rosa coming back. Who knows Ruby. if Hater's coming back eventually her. Maybe Ruby gets a dusty finish where you think she wins the title, but actually doesn't. No, That's she can win a title for a week. Just give her a week with the belt. Damn it. Yeah, no, and you, you could do <laughs> Ruby as well. Um, they've you had Britt Baker as the just the champion that's going to hold it forever for a long time, but now you've got an opportunity to build up a handful of women, have them hotshot the belt around for a while, and build your division that way, and and just make it more of a shorter stories, but more people involved to get more eyes and all if these. You're women. not going to give it the in depth TV time that at least a minimum of two matches would do. That's a good way to do it. Jay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, right there with you. Nail head, but yeah. Uh, oh, one I, I I've got to mention one other thing about this match. Uh, kind of like the Danielson Swerve match, I thought the finish was masterfully executed, Same. especially because everyone thought Soraya was going over. You had Ruby run out. Yep. Nope. There's Tony. Uh, really quick. Um, not to not to keep burying ruby so which i i enjoy i like ruby i i enjoy watching anything she does on tv it's just kind of a funny thing at this point but she when she went to like spray sheeta and sheeta grabbed her wrist ruby your finger's still on the top just do this and you'll just get her with, with the <laughs> that's wrestling logic you can't you know no no, no. you gotta no. use wrestling logic here okay Austin. See, see that's a special grip on the wrist that paralyzes the index finger the, nerve th there's a pressure point right here and if you get it just right you can't 
you can't do I this. So hard if they explain that in commentary. Like if that was just a one-off from Excalibur or like Taz, he's like, you know, you know, I've got a lot of martial arts background. There's a grip you could do on the wrist that yeah. paralyzes their hand. I'm here for it. Um, oh, dude, I was. You had that, and then you had Soraya sticking the spray in her uh, tights, turning around directly in front of the ref with that. The ref grabs the Keto 6, she sprays her anything. Anyway, hits the first EDT, you think it's over. Then she hits another one. Like, they did what they did with Sheeta when she won the title from Tony Storm. Exactly. Where she kicked out of a bunch of shit you did not expect her to. And it was <laughs> such a great finish. Again, you gotta use more wrestling logic. You're a wrestler, for God's sake, Austin. Come on, man. You know, your, your hand can't do that if it's grabbed. I'm I'm not super uh, <laughs> not like super in depth about a lot of things, but little stuff like that. Uh, I it hear would it, it would bug Trust the shit me. out of me as a performer to just be standing with my finger on it and be like, why would like when they'd be talking about the spot, I'd be like, why wouldn't I just do this? Like do something else. To, yeah. Now, if they came back with, no, I'm gonna give you a kung fu wrist grip that's gonna paralyze your hand, I'll sell the shit out of that all day long. See, I I, I started buying into that stuff when I was a kid. First time I saw the berserker and he goes to put the did the sword thing after the match and goes in there. And I said to my dad, I go, That's attempted murder. Why is he not arrested? <laughs> like he has a sword. He tried to like all this other stuff. What he literally tried to like spear a person with a sword. That's attempted murder. And that's like, no, no, just don't worry about it. Yeah, I remember off the top rope trying to kill the Undertaker. I still remember <laughs> that. But no, like you know what? But here, here, here's a here's a hot take. There's one thing I can do that Austin cannot do, which is climb a fence. Wait, I can't climb. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like fan and I was like no I get it see that's why they got to go back to the old blue cage it's got bigger railing and you can you can shimmy up that thing a little bit faster no that's another cage. thing that it, it's one of those things that it's just become accepted in pro wrestling and you've got to like just let it go but yeah the super awkward slow climb I like how back in Journey Pro days I like how we were the first time we were at the ball field out in Edwardsville uh, it was a match between Gary J, um, oh, um, um, Christian Rose versus the Howlets, you know, and they, they ran up to like the, the behind the, the cage behind the, uh, home plate, right. How started climbing and they actually did that spot, you know, like, what do you do? We can't climb this, you know, <laughs> and they slow climbed up like two rungs for no reason. You could just walk through, you know, but. I feel like we we got into this a little bit about gimmick matches months ago. We might have, but I, oh, I feel like WWF ruined the cage match mm -hmm. as soon as they started telling you to escape. We did. We talked because there was another cage yep. match where it was like you talked about how much you we do unfavorite gimmicks, and you pulled out. That was one of the ones you yes. pulled out. Escape. The it's cage. not there to escape. It's to keep other people out. So it's one on one. You can fight in the ring. It looks dumb when you're trying to escape anyway because you've got to climb at a snail's pace. So let's go back to cage matches being pinfall or submission only, and there's no getting out of that cage. If you get out, you lose. And again, Man. if it's get out of the cage, you get one good move, they're down for a second, you run your ass to the door and get out of the door. Done, right? All right. That's, 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 that being said... Quick, quick aside to my my love of '90s wrestling. Uh, Diesel almost escaping the cage against Bret Hart. Undertaker popping out of the ring and pulling him underneath. 
was one of those things that as a kid I thought was the coolest thing ever. But as an adult, because I get critical of these things, Diesel should have won that match. He, he literally got pulled to the, the floor. It doesn't say you've got to touch your feet to the floor out Inside there on, yeah. on the, the padding. His feet are on the floor. He's out. He should have won that match. Well said. All right. So let's. we had one more match during the main card. We're not going to talk about uh, Rampage because Rampage hasn't aired yet. Uh, it was fine. It was good. You know. You, I mean, you know. we did get a Sky Blue Emmy uh, Sakura match. I mean, I was happy to see Emmy Sakura, but Sky Blue. <laughs> as soon as Sky Blue came out, I'm like, oh, Austin's going to love this. <laughs> and That's right. I rarely catch Rampage. Yeah, you're safe. I had a great discussion with. Uh, uh, one of our friends there who's actually, and I don't want to give too much about this, but uh, there's a new wrestling promotion coming to Kansas City next year. More information coming soon. It's one of the guys who's who's owner of it. And he's all talking about getting Sky Blue, and I go, oh, my God, let me talk to you about somebody's opinions on Sky Blue. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So before the match, Christian Cage came out and cut a hellacious heel promo. It was amazing. I happened to get it recorded. It'll be going up on TikTok tomorrow again at Total Spot Fest. Um, but he's just a hundred percent. He's like, you know, they don't. I'm not their boss or anything. I'm I'm their father. He shoots on the Judgment Day thing, and then yes, and I'm their father. I'm their father. And then he talks about. Um, Adam Copeland's kids, and then he talks about Beth, and and then he's like, <laughs> you know, I know Beth's a huge fan. Um, but he's it like talking about to change the, the sheets because you know he, he gets Daddy's coming home. coming home. Oh, which of oh. course shortened entrance for Adam Copeland. I was a little disappointed with that because I really wanted his. Everybody wanted the pyro, they wanted the stuff, but I love the fact that you had. Uh, Christian then getting in the chair, sitting right in the middle of the ramp, not up mm -hmm. at the top, not down by the thing, right in the middle. Because where is that, Austin? That's where every damn buddy can see you. Yep, of that. It's a and pro right there. I'm gonna mm -hmm. give some flowers to what they're doing, and especially to Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne, he's got his new look going on. He looks like a mini Christian, right? He's got the little white loafers, no socks, the little tight black jeans and a little little he's got a little different stance about him he's not darby allen 2.0 which is great best thing they could have done for dick wayne yeah and i like uh, it. i got i gotta go back to the promo really quick uh because i was enjoying dynamite last night and uh around the time it started i had a uh, a nice little gummy of some Substance that's legal in some states and not in others. Um, <laughs> so we were real nice by the time we got to the promo and and phenomenal promo. And I hear Christian say, "You dressed a bunch of kids up like it was Halloween and made them think they were tough guys." And I sat there for a second. I was like, "Edge wasn't the leader of the brood." You thought that? And it was like a light bulb went on over my head. I was like, "Oh, that was about Judgment Day." <laughs> Yeah, I, I initially thought it was about the brood, too. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so I'm right there with you, and I didn't have anything. I was just being dumb. It's fine. <laughs> the Nick, Nick Wayne, yeah, got to give him some flowers. And oh, also just best thing ever. Tony Khan and AEW, whoever something with booking in general, having the sense to turn him heel. Uh, Nick Wayne, his first little debut, you get a little run as the, oh, this 18-year-old is like a prodigy in wrestling. 
and you, people pop for that because oh, it's it's different. It's you know, right, it's, it's right. someone unexpected. You've heard about him on the um, internet. Yeah, yeah. But they they had the sense to realize after that initial period wears off. He's 18. Nobody <laughs> wants to see someone considerably younger than them exceed or succeeding at anything. Like grown adults don't want to see 18 year olds doing great things. We're happy for him, but like, nah, we want to see him get his ass beat. And he's been getting beat up by Edge for weeks now, and things are right in the world. Right. I mean, it's done wonders for, and he's a little bit older, but he's done wonders for Wheeler Yuta, right? You know, Wheeler Yuta fits that young mm-hmm. boy. He's doing the whole young boy thing with the BCC, but you got, you know, the, the prodigy, the son of Christian sort of bit here. And you can run with that. He doesn't even have to get in the ring for a match. And if he gets in the ring for a match, you can put money. He ain't winning that sucker for the next year and a half. That's yeah. That's give him a long run as a heel. And then when right. give him you know, a year or two and then turn him back into a baby face at, at 20, when he looks a little bit more like a, a yeah. grown man. Yeah. Print you, money. You could do like you could do like the early Osprey run, like you did with uh, like they did it with Osprey initially over at the the juniors in uh, New Japan. I mean, yeah, this this match as a total was brutal. It was good. It was fun. Um, it wasn't the match of the night, but it wasn't meant to be. You know, no. like that was that was my whole thing with it. Like, if you're expecting some five-star match between Luchasaurus and Adam Copeland, <laughs> you are sorely mistaken. But no, this match had everything. And again, Luchasaurus, like, he's really good. He's yeah. Underratedly good. He's, he's phenomenal. I think my favorite part about this match is if you're one of those people that was just sure NXT was going to kill AEW and you only love the WWE style... You would have loved this match. Yeah. uh, I didn't catch everything Edge did on his most recent return. I caught quite a few of his matches on all of them. But I thought he looked more like the Edge that retired a decade ago. Not not necessarily younger, but kind of like more the style and some of the stuff he was doing. The run off the apron, step off the stairs and spear him. Like, that was 2001 going crazy with the Hardy's Edge. Like... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought you got uh, a little bit more of of what at least I really liked about Edge during the bulk of his career. Whereas I think a lot of the matches in his in his WWE return were just it, like a lot of WWE is the the in rings looks a little bit more choreographed, not in a spotty way, but more like dramatic, like they're telling a a, a drama kind of story instead of the silly pro wrestling shit we like. Uh, but yeah, I thought. It was the best I've seen Edge look since he returned. It was just a phenomenal match, and it was great to have something different on the show as well that didn't have to try and follow Swerve and Danielson and Hanger and Jay White in the same way, but was just as entertaining in its own way. It was meant meant to put Adam over. It did put him over. You didn't need to. I mean, you know, there's no doubt he was winning that match, you know, and that's not the point, you know, but the point was made Luchasaurus look really good. It did good mm-hmm. things to kind of further build this whole thing. I think that <clears throat> you talked about they can come, they can back away and come back to it. But I feel like, I feel like they're going to keep at least a li- at least one foot in the edge versus Adam versus uh, Christian, you know, you know, wheelhouse for the next month or so, you know, past full gear. They might then back away and then come back to this later on for full blown, whatever. <clears throat> but it was good. It was fine. Yeah. 
the payoff of this story is going to be monumental. When it gets to it, it's going to be great. Speaking of that, I I got a question for y'all. How would you feel about Edge versus Christian for the TNT title at Full Gear? Like Reg's first pay-per-view match. Too soon. Too soon. Probably going to happen, but yes. Too soon. I kind of like the idea of getting it done in November and then moving them on. The only problem with that is Edge probably would win the title there. Mm -hmm. Although I think Edge going on a TNT title run and wrestling all these younger guys for a while would be great as well. I don't know if it'd be better than what Christian's doing. And as good as Christian is, I'm not sure if his his story and his presentation is as good without that TNT title. But I think they're going to Edge and Edge and Christian at full gear. They somewhat teased Ascension and Christian Luchasaurus last night. I just I just don't want the Christian thing to end. I feel like they're going to keep it on Christian. I feel like if they go with Christian versus Edge, they're going to keep it on Christian. I think the best way to have that match, Edge and Christian, no title. So yeah, ideally, just Christian's got it now, and I, I don't, I don't see do him losing. Feel, do you that. feel he's going to lose it to Danielson? How no. well? How great would it be if Adam Copeland costs him the belt? Not as great as Christian retaining the belt. I think. <laughs> Not well, so one, I don't uh-huh. think Danielson ever wins a title in AEW. Yeah, he's never held a title in AEW, it's amazingly enough. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's explicitly stated he doesn't want to, he doesn't care about titles. I, um, but I think with Christian's heel character having that feather in his cap of he beat Brian Danielson, um, you know, he beat Darby out, and like he's the kind of heel that can really use that going forward. and what does a Danielson TNT championship run get you that just setting Danielson out there to wrestle whoever you want every week anyway, wouldn't get you anyway. So I, I don't see Danielson winning on Saturday. I don't think he will either. I just throw that out there. Cause uh, well, I, I don't, but I was just trying to be double. It's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting yeah. swerve to go about it. I feel like you do the match at full gear. Because you've got to, right? Because boom, mm-hmm. there's your there's your marquee. Bang. I just don't want it yet. I, I want it. I don't but think I don't. it's gonna be finalized though. But and I think here's the thing. I think it's the best of both worlds, right? What Austin was talking about last week, and what you you know, I feel like you can do the match at full gear. Edge loses, of course, some shenanigans afoot somewhere in there. We know this, and Christian's like, oh, you don't get a shot. You got you got to start the bottom of the barrel, and Edge is like, f you. I don't want anything to do with you whatever i'm moving on and then you can move him on to do whatever he wants you can have him work the long haul do what you know everybody has done before him right you know start at the bottom you know go through the young guys put him into maybe the world title picture although that's very crowded i know with everybody else that's in there but you yeah. almost don't need him just like danielson you don't need him in a title picture you could put him in his own sort of thing you can have christian do his own stuff against somebody else for the t- tnt title you can have Christian, or you can have Edge, or you know, doing whatever he wants to do. You know, his. Well, so this is this is go with me here, guys. What if they do the old school trope here, of at full gear, 
It is a six-man tag match. Adam Copeland and two friends going up against, you know, Christian Cage family. Christian Cage, you know, the father figure of the year. You know, um, then you know they they, they milk it up until uh, Revolution, or they go all the way to to uh, um, Double or Nothing. Like, what if they do that kind of thing where they don't necessarily get each other one on one? They don't get each other's hands on each other yet, and they just kind of milk it until, like, you know, one of the bigger, the bigger marquee matchups. I could see what if, what if they did that? that. I could see them doing that, but I feel like hmm. it's money. So the the more I think about it, the more I'm pretty much about to just contradict everything I just said a few minutes ago. Um. I do like your idea, Jamie, but on a shorter time frame because I think it's been all but confirmed. It hasn't been announced by AEW yet, but December 30th is going to be another pay-per-view. Okay. I think you do the six-man at full gear, Christian, Nick Wayne, Luchasaurus against Edge, Sting, and Darby, and then December you do Edge and Christian. Because um, I was thinking about how much like I enjoy what Christian's doing right now so much. But by the time you get to December, you're at like an eight-month TNT title reign for Christian, something like that. Uh, I would actually rather see them have him drop the title to Edge at that December pay-per-view, get him into something a little bit fresher, and then have Edge have a short run and then put one of the younger guys over. Because we do need to eventually get that TNT title back on some of the younger talent. I agree. That's good. That's a good call. Or Miro. Yeah. Or Miro. Or Miro. Miro Edge would be a good. Miro Edge would be a fantastic. Yeah. Storyline. Yeah. I know uh, that we're pulling up old uh, WWE guys against each other, but I mean, it kind of, kind of fits. <laughs> but also, kind of like I was saying about this match being a nice change of pace from the rest of the show. It's really not bad to continually, not that Luchasaurus is an old WWE guy, but he's with his size, he can work perfectly in that style a bit for Edge. Uh, I wouldn't mind them more often than not keeping some of these older, like nostalgic vets together in programs just to have a little bit of a change of pace. And then obviously when you've got the right opponent with the younger guys, yeah, put them together any day of the week as well. I thought Christian and Darby was phenomenal. But I think Christian and some of these older vets are a little bit better of a match as well just because they, they work a similar style. I hear you. That's a good point. So we've got we got this show was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Straight bangers. And speaking of straight bangers, we seem to get nothing but straight bangers in Kansas City. We got our first show we got was the uh, Kenny Omega uh, Pac 30-man Iron Man match. Orange Cassidy's first I'm going to try match, right? Yeah, because he because it was like a go home. He's like, I'm gonna try. Yeah. Chucky e. T said that he's he's gonna try. Right? Yeah, he tried. And we got the last time they were here. We got uh, Kenny Omega versus Vikingo in that ridiculousness. Uh, mm-hmm. We got Will Ospreay's AEW in ring debut was here in Kansas City. Um, what else? I mean, we've gotten we've gotten spoiled with what we've gotten here in Kansas City. Kansas City, like when you think about it, like compared to a lot of the other places, like. Shit goes down here in KC. Like it must be, he must really love the barbecue. I don't know what it is, but I am <laughs> eternally grateful that Tony brings the fire every time he hits Kansas City. 
I feel like Kansas City's always been a bit of an underrated wrestling town in general. It has. It's it's got like a good like history, like past in the history, but it, more modern. Yeah, it's just, it's been sort of the in between land, right? You know. Yeah, it like it weirdly doesn't get lumped in with the rest of like the good Midwest wrestling towns yeah. and stuff. But yeah, I feel like every time there's a pay per view or a show in Kansas City, like the crowd's always super yeah. into it. And you, I mean, so you've got like good like roots in it because you got the Holly Race, right? Yeah. Shit. Uh, Ric Flair's old promos. You always used to talk about where he'd get all his clothes from. So I only buy my clothes at Michael's in Kansas City, you know? It's like God, yeah. got, got those roots there, but it seems like, you know, people think, and it's interesting because you have telling like St. Louis who, to be fair, has probably a better wrestling scene and, you know, just as many, if not more roots, you know, you got the Ortons, you got all sorts of stuff going through St. Louis, right? And they get okay shows, but we've gotten straight fire every time they come here. So maybe it's cause he sees an Island out there and he's like, let's give them the good stuff. Yeah. I mean, Chicago sees it every every week in four different places. They're fine. Let's give Kansas City some love. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm grateful. I am just grateful. Well, also, uh, you're going to get some AEW coming down to your neck of the woods next month. Uh, so let's don't November fourth, collision here in Wichita. Go down to White Cheeta, Kansas. Hang out with Austin. Jamie and I might be might be driving on down. We're gonna, I don't know if I ever told you the story. I'll tell you that later. Um, but, no, uh, we got uh, roughly a little over a month, about five weeks out from full gear. So uh, we know the main event picture is already set up. Got some stuff going to work here. A couple new champions to play with. Let's see, let's see where we go from here. So any final thoughts, boys? I have to say, this was some of the best wrestling that they have produced on a show. But above and beyond that, it was some of the best storytelling that they've done as a company to develop some awesome storylines. And I, this gives me hope because before they were just a wrestling company who put on amazing matches and storylines like, eh. now it's like, these are legit. Like, I can get behind every storyline that they're doing right now. Like, who's ever got in there and creative, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're just listening to the show. And if you are, <laughs> you could send checks to all three of us. It's totally cool. We don't even need checks. Just send us each a full-size card blade. And we'll call it good. In. I would have it right back there. Make sure it's signed, though. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I mean, the half size was pretty cool, too. But no, full size. All right. Well, Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you giving some of your time. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, hit 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 the hit the hit the little alert, the little bell button if you want to know when we go live. Uh, but we'll be back next week after Dynamite. And in the meantime, Jamie, take us home. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not down to Total Spot Fest, I got four words for you. Don't be a dork. <laughs> nice alright guys we'll see you next week peace later